Well, good morning, Life Church. My name is Matt, one of the pastors here, and, and so excited this morning to be able to conclude our sermon series on prayer. And what a great series it has been. It's been called We Need to Talk. And if you didn't catch last week's, so you want to go back and catch it. Pastor Mike spoke on praying together, and he talked about uh, the last thing the enemy wants is unified prayer. And so church, come on, we need to pray together. We need to unify and pray together. There is power in your prayers when you unify. And speaking of power in your prayers, this morning I'm going to be speaking to you on the subject of the prayer of faith. And if I were to entitle my message, I would title it, uh, Power Up Your Prayer. Power up your prayer. So here's what this is going to look like. We're going to read a scripture. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to dive into this subject today of powering up your prayer. I feel like the Lord has given me a great revelation and insight today on how to power up your prayer. Come on, we all need to pray powerful prayers. Amen. So the scripture today is going to be from James chapter 5, verse 13. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to James chapter 5, verse 13. Maybe pick up your app, or if you're on your laptop, you can slide over and, and go to a Bible app and pull it up with me. And I'm going to read from verse 13 through th uh, verse 16, and then we're going to pray. James chapter 5, verse 13. It says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power. If you were in the crowd right now, I'd say, everybody say power. So at home, say power. And produces wonderful results. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning, Lord God, for your word. God, it's your word that is living and active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between the soul and the spirit, and it discerns to the intents of the heart. And Lord, we pray this morning, Lord God, that your word would accomplish what it is set out to do. It will not return void this morning, Lord God. I pray that it would impact everyone's hearts. I pray that not one person who hears this message today would be the same. And God, I pray that you would anoint me to speak your word. I get out of the way. I say, do whatever you want to do, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, in the passage we just read, we were told three things about prayer. We were told, first of all, that if you're going through a hard time, you need to pray. We were told that a prayer of faith will heal the sick. And finally, we are told that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person produces wonderful results. Come on, don't you want prayers that produce results. Isn't it encouraging to hear that when you pray, you're not just throwing out something into the atmosphere and hoping that something happens, but the Bible tells us that the right kind of prayer will produce results. And one of the questions I have is, how do you pray these powerful prayers? 
I mean, I don't know about you, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've been around some very articulate prayers. I mean, people that are obviously very gifted at prayer. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit intimidating. You'll, you'll be in a, a, a prayer meeting, and somebody around you will pray this prayer, and you'll just stop and go, man, I can't pray like that. You know, I've tried to pray powerful prayers in the past. Uh, one of my memories of that is when I was a young person, I was about 19 years old, and I went down to Seattle to a church down there, which now is called Church Home. Back then it was called the City Church. And I joined a program called Generation Interns. And to give you a little bit of background, going down to Seattle, I had a relationship with a lot of the pastors down there. I knew who they were. Uh, my dad had been a youth pastor, and we'd had a number of them come up and speak at our youth events or youth camps. And one of those pastors was a man by the name of Pastor Jude Fuquay. Uh, he is now the pastor of a great church down in Ventura, California, uh, the City Church, and he is a wonderful man of God, one of my heroes. And uh, this man of God would come and he would preach at our youth events and our youth camps. And he would talk about this place that he pastored called Generation Church. It was the youth group of this church that I attended. And so he would come and he would talk about Generation Church. And he talked it up so much that, that by the time I went down there, it was like the Christian version of Disneyland to me. I mean, it was like this world that was like far beyond anything I could ever imagine. It was legendary. It was 450 uh, radical, sold-out uh, Christians, young people, meeting in a gymnasium. It was amazing. This church was so passionate that they would have pre-service prayer at and then they would have pre-pre-service prayer for the radicals at 4.30. And of course, I wanted to be there at 4.30 to be a part of that. And so, um, uh, and so I remember being there for my first generation church. And I remember walking through those doors and looking around and being just completely overwhelmed. But 450 young people, you know, worshiping God and seeking Him. And I just thought, man, this is amazing. And Pastor Jude knew who I was because he had stayed in my home. And, uh, and obviously spoken at a lot of youth camps with us. And so Pastor Jude says, Matt, I want you to come up. We're going to have Matt Jansen come up. He's on the microphone. And he's going to pray for the offering. And I thought, oh man, this better be a really good prayer. So I remember getting up there and get, grabbing the microphone. I just remember thinking to myself, Matt Jansen, you better be, pray the best prayer that you have ever prayed. And man, I yelled and I spit into the microphone. And I remember saying, God, and we call down the blessings of the Lord. And I was trying to use every spiritual term that I knew. And I was just pushing it. And I remember just praying, and Lord, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. And then I prayed, and God, we demand a blessing. And I heard Pastor Jude on the side go, Whoa! And just for those of you who are uninitiated, never been to church before, that's not cool. Okay, It's not okay to demand anything from God. But in the moment, in my passion and in my attempt to pray this articulate, powerful prayer, I demanded that the Lord would bring us a blessing. Well, needless to say, um, I was never asked to pray for the offering again. Uh, but don't worry, everything worked out. I ended up becoming a worship leader in, in GC and, and uh, staying there for two years as an intern. So they got to know me and it was all good. But what I learned is this. Powerful prayers is not about your level of, of passion. Praying powerful prayers is not about how articulate you are. The power of your prayer is actually directly connected to your faith. In the book of James, we are told that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. It's not about how passionate you are. It's not about how loud you yell. It's not about the words that you use. But it is about connecting with your faith. See, there is a prayer that will heal the sick. 
And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 17 that there is a prayer that will move the mountains. And I don't know about you, but I want to have that type of prayer. I want the type of prayer that sees results. In James chapter uh, 5 or 16, it says that it produces wonderful results. What time of prayer is this and how do we access that type of prayer? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. This is kind of a controversial passage because it sounds like it's saying here that God's almost like some big vending machine that you can just go up and you can ask Him for whatever you want and you'll get it. But that's not what it says. 1 John says that if we ask anything according to His will. So the powerful prayer, the prayer that is powered up, the prayer that is full of power is the prayer that is in alignment with the will of God. You can access the powerful prayer by praying the prayer of faith and by praying the the will of God. Here's my big idea today. The prayer that is most powerful is the prayer that is aligned with the will of God and fueled by faith. Do you hear that, church? The prayer that is powerful, powerful prayer, prayer that is most powerful, is, is most powerful when it is aligned with the will of God and it is fueled by faith. And where do we get faith? Where do we find that? Well, the Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Here's my favorite definition of faith. Faith is agreeing with God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So you get the Bible in you. You get the Bible in you. You get the Bible. You memorize it. It becomes part of who you are. And then you pray the Word of God. That's the prayer of faith. Faith and the will of God are tied together. It's putting your trust in His will. See, faith begins with an awareness of who He is and who He says that He is. And then it is coming into agreement with that. Hebrews chapter eleven six tells us, But without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's what faith is. It's in a, it begins with an awareness of who He is and an acknowledgement of His existence, that He is with us, that He is surrounding us. And then it's also believing that He's a rewarder, that He responds to, that He gives results, come on, of those who diligently seek Him. We find a pattern of this type of prayer actually in, in the Lord's Prayer. And if you think about the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 says, Pray like this, Our Father, you guys know this, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or in the New Living Translation, it says, May your name be kept holy. So think about that. It starts like this. It starts with our Father. The first part is the word Father. It's that word of intimacy. It's a word of knowing somebody. It's a word that connects, connects us back to Him. A father is a connecting word. Our father, and then the second thing is in heaven. That is about his position of authority. 
He is connected to us, but he is not uh, uh, limited by what we're limited by. He is outside of our time domain. He is outside of time and space. He is in heaven. He is in a position of ultimate authority. It's our father who is connected to us, but he is outside of our time domain in heaven. And then it says this, hallowed be your name or may your name be kept holy. And this speaks about his character and his nature. So the prayer that Jesus commands us to pray begins with an acknowledgement of our connection to God. It, it, then it goes into an awareness that He is beyond, it is not limited by what we're limited by. And then it is also an awareness of His character and His nature. And then when you catch a glimpse of who God is, when you catch a glimpse of His character and His nature, then you have the opportunity to come into agreement with that. And that is called faith. It says this next, may your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's the kingdom of God coming, but then it's letting his his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, what is it? It's praying the will of God. Remember we talked about in first John chapter five, if we pray anything according to his will. So it starts with an awareness of His presence. It starts with an awareness and acknowledgement of the fact that we are connected to God, that He is above everything else, that His character and nature is unchanging and greater than anything that we could ever face. And then it is calling on Him to have His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only response is to pray His will. It's to pray His will. See, there's a great story in the Bible that gives an example of this, of this principle, and we're going to land here today. Um, and I just wanted to, to highlight this. It's, it's the story of um, Peter walking on the water. You probably remember this story from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, and it talks about how the disciples are on the Sea of Galilee, and they're, they're, they're going across the, the, the sea by themselves. Jesus had remained behind. And it says this in, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. Yes, you heard it right. He was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. So the first thing that happens after the disciples are afraid is Jesus speaks a word to them. And he says, don't be afraid. So it begins with an awareness of who it is. An awareness of his presence. And even in the midst of the storm, and maybe right now, wherever you are, you're going through a storm in your life. You are facing a hard time in your life. And what it needs to begin with is an awareness that Jesus is with you in that storm. He is walking on the water. That nothing can keep Him from you. That He is with you even now. And when you become aware of His presence, there's an immediate awareness also of the fact that He is Lord over your current circumstances. Come on, when He said, "I'm, I'm here, right away the disciples became aware that Jesus dominated the storm. That it didn't even stand a chance compared to him. That there was nothing that could stand in his way. Come on. An immediate awareness of his lordship over the circumstances. So then it goes on to say this. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, I've often wondered, you know, when Peter walked on the water, what was he actually walking on? 
uh, what we know about water is that it has three different states. It has a gaseous state, it has a liquid state, and it has a solid state. And it is determined by the, 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 the certain outside factors that influence the molecular structure of water. And if it's too cold outside, then what happens? It goes into a solid state and you can actually walk. I have walked on water in that sense. I have walked on ice. Uh, or, or if it goes too hot, then it turns into a gassy state and nobody can walk on it, but it, it surrounds us all the way around us. So what was Peter actually walking on when he stepped on the water? Because there had to be something of substance for him to walk on. Now, I want to remind you again of, of the pattern that we discussed earlier. And it begins with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's, it's that God is connected to us, that he is stronger than the situations that surround us. And this is the situation that Peter and the disciples find themselves in right now, where Jesus has called out to them and demonstrated his mastery over the circumstances that surround them. But now is the time for somebody to respond. And Peter does. If you would call me to come, I would come. And Jesus speaks a word, come. Now, based on his realization that Jesus has mastered the storm, based on the fact that he knows that God is in control, Peter responds to the word of God. And he steps out of the boat. And do you know what he's standing on? He is standing on the word of God, on his promises. He is standing, literally standing on his faith. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And that word uh, substance is the word hypostasis, which means a setting or placing under, things put under, a substructure or a foundation. You see, this idea of faith is not just an idea of some ethereal out there type of idea, but faith has substance. And that substance is the word of God. And it was the Word of God that was upholding Peter as he walked on the water toward Jesus. It was the Word of God that was keeping him above the liquid state of water. The Word of God. And church, the Word of God will uphold you. Come on. That's the power of a praying church. That's the power of prayer. Is when you can pray, you will power up your prayer when you begin to pray by faith and when you begin to pray the Word of God. Because it is substance and you can stand on it. You can rely on it. It is a firm foundation. What was the substance that Peter was walking on? It was the Word of God. And the story goes on that he saw the wind was boisterous. He was afraid. He began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Lost sight of the reality of the fact that God had dominated the storm and, 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 and lost memory of His Word. And immediately Jesus stretched His hand and caught Him and said to Him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? See, there it is. It, the faith was the key. Faith was the key. And when He got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped Him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So how do we power up our prayers? I've got three thoughts here today, and then we'll be done. First of all, we acknowledge His presence. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Acknowledge the fact that He is God, that He is connected to us. Number two, catch a revelation of His greatness. Are you aware of how great our God is, that He is, he is dominant over the circumstances that surround you? When that awareness hits you, it builds faith in your life. 
Because number three is this. Pray the will of God by praying the Word of God. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by getting the Word inside of us. We need to get the Word of God in us. Church, we need the Word of God. There are so many uh, 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 different thoughts that are floating around right now, conspiracy theories and lies that are floating around. And our warfare is not through uh, natural means, but our warfare, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities is what the Bible tells us. Our warfare has to be in faith. Our warfare has to be through the Word of God. We have to have this truth inside of us. I love Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I love Psalm 1, 1989. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It is substantial. It is substance. It is unchanging. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The prayer of faith begins when we acknowledge His presence. It continues when we catch a revelation and it grows and fuels up when we catch a revelation of His greatness. And we see results when we pray the will of God by praying the word of God. Life Church, I want to I challenge you today and inspire you and encourage you. Let's get the Word of God inside of us. Let's stay faithful to study and to grow because the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man brings wonderful results. Thank you.